eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello and welcome to Country Roads Confidential. I'm your host, Chris Anderson, publisher of Ear Sports, the West Virginia site on the 247sports.com network. Yes, it is another, yet another podcast where I have left Mike out. He hurt my feelings by inviting Director of Player Personnel Jay Kuntz onto the pod to talk with him last week. So I'm going to get him back and I'm going to invite a special guest on today. Today it is 24-7 Sports National Analyst, Brian Doan here to talk about WVU football recruiting and a few top targets. How are you, Brian? I'm good, but these poor people that now have to listen to me instead of Mike. I, I feel like I should offer my apologies right from the outset. <laughs> uh, we're, we're having a little back and forth because uh, we, we've gone like three straight podcasts without having to talk to each other. So it's fantastic. For I'm sure both of us are enjoying that part. Um, I was going to say, knowing knowing how close guys work together a lot of times, this is this is like the best birthday holiday presents you could probably give each other for a yeah. year. Well, and it, and it, it does always help out that when it's podcast recording time, you don't both have to always, I mean, we're getting other guests, but we don't yeah. both have to be ready. So it's always nice no, it's to nice. let it's, one of them yeah. take a day off. Yeah, that is good. That's um, nice. Brought you on here. Uh, you know, Mike caught up with Jay Coons, who's, who's basketball recruiting for WVU. I, I got you here to talk about football recruiting specifically a few top targets for the Mountaineers, some, you know, that you specialize in that you've seen before that, you know, very well in what better position to start than quarterback. Um, <laughs> had a, a member asked me the other day is Samaj Jones, the top target for West Virginia quarterback. And I told them, I said, you know, when you're, when you're looking into this, you're paying attention to something, especially with a position coach change and an offensive coordinator change, is who's around, who was around and was a top target with the old coaches, and who is still around and still talking with the new coaches. And Jones is that guy for West Virginia. And I don't know why, because he goes to a prominent program. He has a healthy and impressive offer list, but... 
I don't know if fans yet, I and mean, he has a four-star rating in the 24-7 sports composite, but I don't know if fans are all in on, is this like the elite quarterback and, and all this, but he has, he has the resume. He has the pedigree. Brian, what can you tell me about him? What, what kind of player is he? And, and should fans be excited about him if he is West Virginia's top target and they are able to get him? I think a couple of things. Yeah. I think they should be excited about him because I think he, he, would fit what West Virginia wants to do offensively, but listen, he he's not that six three kid who sits in the pocket and is has this huge arm and can see over the lineman. He's not, you know, the the six foot kid who runs a four four five or a four five and is just kind of a water bug and elusive in the open field and just a nightmare who you have to spy and then hope you can make a tackle in space. So I think. Those may be a few of the reasons why people aren't, you know, head over heels looking at him right now. But what he is, is he's now I've seen him live. I've seen him in games. I've seen him in camps, you know. So, you know, I've spoken to him enough. He, a, he's a great kid, right? And and to me, that's important. He's likable. And as a quarterback, that's important because you know, look, your teammates have to like you. You're going to be a centerpiece of recruiting, so the recruits have to like you. He has that. He's a smart kid. Um, he's articulate. He gets his point across. He's thorough. He is driven. Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of the intangibles that you like watching him. Look, he, he he's the quarterback of the best team in Pennsylvania. So that counts for something. Um, counts for a lot. He, every place he's been where he's thrown, they've really liked watching him work out. Um, you know, it's Oklahoma, West Virginia, Cincinnati, Penn State are the four schools. You know, to, he's got a strong arm. He can move in the pocket. Now, look, he's he's probably a high four eight to a four nine kid, but he does have some burst if he needs to scramble and, and pick up some yards with his feet. Um, he did, you know, I saw him early in the year and late in the year last season and watching him develop as a player to where he was more comfortable. He got through his reads quicker. He was more confident stepping into the throws. His arm is plenty strong enough. So there's a lot to like about Samaj Jones, which is why, listen, man, you're talking about a couple programs that know something about quarterbacks. And, and I know Oklahoma has a new staff, but they still have a good quarterback tradition. And so there's, there's a lot to like, and hopefully in the coming weeks, you know, the West Virginia faithful really jump in on him and, and really appreciate the talent that he is. Um, When you just mentioned the, the four schools and you did an interview yeah. with him and a story about, about those four programs, top four, final four, however we want to phrase that, um, and I believe in that. He said he was planning on West Virginia visit for June 16th. I told our members, you know, hey, look for him to change that because West Virginia wanted him there June 2nd. They want first crack. Which and it, they're going to get now, yeah. Yeah, now they're going to get that. What yeah. What are you hearing on his recruitment? Like how how what are West Virginia's odds? I mean, I'm not going to ask you to be putting in crystal balls or anything like that, but what 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 do you yeah. how do you see his recruitment playing out? Like, is this a one that could make a decision in early June? I, I think it is. I, I think it can depend on some other dominoes too. Like, so originally, you know, 
he had a Penn State visit set for the end of the month, and then he released his uh, graphic the other day where there's no Penn State visit on it, yet he's was set to be at Penn State on Friday. So they're still heavily involved, but Penn State is also heavily involved with Michael Van Buren out of St. Francis in Baltimore. And right now, I think Penn State's the school to beat for Van Buren. And he has an official visit set to Penn State. And so could that alter Samaj Jones's visits and and who's on him? Um, I think West Virginia getting him there that first weekend is significant because they want him there. They want to the first shot at him. They want to try to set up the month of June for a lot more recruiting and him being a centerpiece. You know, don't sleep on Cincinnati, which is now the week after June 9th through the 11th, because that Louisville staff was on him heavily. So when they left and went to Cincinnati, it just kind of continued there. And the idea of Cincinnati going to the Big 12 is something that is really intriguing, not only to Jones, but to a lot of prospects. And then, you know, do you get to Oklahoma? Does Oklahoma have a quarterback in place by the time that official visit takes place June 16th? And, you know, in early June, getting them onto West Virginia's campus is huge for the coaching staff. It allows them to set the table and it allows them to also really control how the dominoes fall on quarterback recruiting and really speak to him about it that weekend. You know what one of the, uh, let's say, what's the opposite of perks, the downsides of of recording podcasts and then posting them a couple days later? Uh, Because we're we're recording this on Friday the 7th. I'm not putting this up Easter weekend, going to put it up on Monday morning. But I was looking at things today, and it's just, just like what you're talking about, these dominoes. And I'm watching him closely. You mentioned Mike Van Van Buren, a possibility, maybe a strong possibility with Penn State. Oklahoma, looking at their offer list, it seems like they really want this kid, Michael Hawkins from Texas. I'm not familiar with him, but again, another four-star in the 24-7 sports composite and is deciding between Oklahoma and TCU Saturday. But on Thursday and T- and and TCU just picked up a quarterback right correct? and so so here we go these are the dominoes that you were talking about it's like maybe TCU got their guy so now Oklahoma's about to get their guy Penn State might already have their guy so are we all of a sudden getting with Jones down to West Virginia and Cincinnati and like you you mentioned it and I I've been warning not warning but saying you know out of all the schools that are kind of joining the Big 12 Cincinnati is going to be making the pitch to recruits that West Virginia made when they went from the Big East to the Big 12. And and, and it's it's going to work. It worked some with West Virginia. It's going to work some with Cincinnati. And so yeah, I'm I I'm fully on board with you here about, you know, the dominoes might be working in West Virginia's favors with the other two, but Cincinnati sneaky one to watch there. Always. And you know, the one thing, you know, Cincinnati even though it was the old staff, was recently in the playoff. They produce NFL kids. They've usually had good quarterbacks. You know, maybe not the NFL guys that, you know, in Oklahoma has had, obviously, or, or, or someone else. But, like, Cincinnati has recruited and operated like a Power 5 program for the last five years. They just had the group of five tag with it. 
And so, you know, they, they, kids like going there and they always come back pleasantly surprised by what they've seen with the campus and with the coaching staff. So I agree wholeheartedly with you. Um, I do look at this as kind of a West Virginia Cincinnati battle. Now it helps that, you know, there's a connection with Philadelphia with West Virginia. They have a commitment from a kid who former teammate of uh, Samaj Jones, who's, you know, and Richard James, who's, who's committed. So they, they have a lot of things on their side, but yeah, I'm not ready to sit there and throw in that crystal ball. I know Chris, you know, from reading the board all the time, I know how excited the fans are about your crystal ball involvement, but, uh, I'm not ready to go there yet. Hey, I think uh, I think corporate gave up a long time ago on sending me reminder emails about putting in crystal ball picks. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you just mentioned one of the the next guys I wanted to talk about, and that was Richard James. And by the way, are we are we officially calling him Wink? Is that is that what we're going by here? I, I don't know. You know, I, I think we almost have to because I was just searching up some stats for him earlier to, today to, to you know, ready myself for this. And I started putting in Wink, Wink James and I couldn't find anything. And I'm like, oh, wait, what's his name? So yeah. Yes. Yes, we can go with Wink. Okay, good. Well, he was one of the guys that committed extremely early. Like, I mean, West Virginia wasn't even – I don't even think they were halfway through their 2023 class when he committed – and then you know some coaching changes some uh, doubts about neil brown's future and you know i've been touching base with him throughout kind of being like hey what is it and and he seems as strong as ever uh twice in the last five days has been on campus for visits uh planning to come up for his official that first week of june but can you tell fans what west virginia is getting in this kid as far as you know on and off the football field yeah, you know, uh, smart kid. Listen, if you're at St. Joe's Prep, you have to be a smart kid. So, so I think I think people need to understand that. You know, St. Joe's Prep is a powerhouse. They have a lot of great players there, but they don't have a hundred percent acceptance rate. I mean, you you have to be good to get to you know academically. So he started out there, then transferred over to uh, a magnet school in Canton, New Jersey. And the rationale behind that was St. Joe's usually doesn't let kids graduate early. I think they they did let the quarterback, um, Kyle McCord, who went to Ohio State, do that. But they really are not big on it. And so he transferred over there. But he, he's a smart kid. He's a hard worker. He's a high-character kid. Um, you know, he, he now plays a guy named Rob Henson, who used to be at Timber Creek, which I think uh, some West Virginia fans may remember. So he, you know, Rob's now the the coach at Camden High, which is where uh, Wink plays. And you know, he he had a. I, I talked to to Rob Henson about him late in the season and after the season, and he loves everything about the kid. He loves the kid's motor, his quickness, his you know, he can explode. Um, his effort is always there. You know, he he made fifty five tackles and had seventeen tackles for loss and eight sacks as a junior, the, the knock on him. And and it's really nothing he can do about it is, you know, he's right around six feet tall. Um, you know, maybe pushing six and a half. And so 
that rules out a ton of programs immediately. It's like, you know, there's a kid at Philadelphia Imitep who's committed to Pittsburgh, Jashir Whittington, who's a D tackle, who's one of the best high school football players you'll ever see. But it's similar. He's the same size as, as Wink James. And, and so if you're okay with him not being your typical 6'2", 6'3", interior lineman, um, you know, I'm on a defensive side who can play D tackle, then then you're good with it, right? Um, there's really nothing to be concerned about now. It's he from what I understand, you know, he doesn't have like huge plus length, you know, maybe an inch or two with his frame. But as long as you're okay with that and you figure he fits the defense, there's nothing wrong with having a six foot guy in the middle of your defensive line. And I think that's what you get with him. He's low. He plays low, good pad level. He's strong at the point of attack. He can take on the double teams. So he can do all that stuff. Again, you're, you're talking about, I bet you at least 50% of the schools will look at the measurements and right there say no. And that's, and so that's to knock on him. I'm going to take you way back on the, on the Hinson thing from Timber Creek. Like, not one, maybe one of the first camps I went to at West Virginia, or maybe the first time they actually let us down on the field. I still remember my first year, they wouldn't let us cover recruiting camps unless we were standing in the stands, like mm. 500 feet away. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but I think the first year they let us down on the field, uh, Dewan Drennan, who ended up down at UNC all the way back in the class of 2013, um, was rolling around over there from Timber Creek. I don't even, and I think Hinson brought him up. I think that was my first ever yeah. interaction with him, maybe. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're going old and school Duan, there. Yeah, Dewan Drennan, who who got in a car accident, a really bad one, and then wound up coming back and played at North Carolina and had a good career there. But, yeah, Timber Creek, man. They used to turn him out, man. Every year you had a couple kids going Division One out of that program. Yep. And yeah, and obviously now he's at, at Camden, you said, and, and James Hurd yeah. from the last class already kind of in the conversation um, at West Virginia this spring, uh, thinking about coaches yeah. talking about using him, you know, periodically as, as a pass rush specialist. So, and, and, and he was the same deal as Wink James in turn, you know, different position, but, you know, the talent was there. He, he had great get off, but he just wasn't the biggest kid. And so a lot of other schools were looking for maybe somebody with more length or more size, but he was still a sensational player. And, and I, I would think at West Virginia, he's going to have a really good career. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, before we get back closer to 
to home, if you will, I want to push further north because this is this is something that I think West Virginia fans are seeing a little more of. Like New Jersey, that's nothing new. West Virginia has been recruiting New Jersey. Heck, I feel like half of the student population um, is from <laughs> New, Jer- New Jersey area, Philadelphia area. So that's nothing new. But what we're seeing a little more of from WVU is pushing a little bit into New York, pushing a little bit into Connecticut, getting into those prep schools and and even a little bit up into Massachusetts. I mean, they've, they've pulled a couple of linemen from Connecticut and Massachusetts and targeted a few guys from New York, been recent visitors from New York too. What can you tell me about kind of recruiting in general in that area? Like, is, is this, is, is this the most under-recruited area in the country that might have some legit talent? How does it all work up there? Um, well, it's just starting to get talent, right? Um, it's not it what makes it what makes New Jersey great to recruit for schools is the the proximity of recruits and the airports, right? You can fly into Philly, do South Jersey, you can fly into Newark, do North Jersey, and see 20 kids in two days. So New York does not have that. There's there's getting to be more talent out on Long Island. Brooklyn always has talent at Erasmus Hall. But flying in there and then getting over there, it's a chore. And so a lot of schools don't do it um, because, it, it, you know, it's just not worth their time. But there's getting to be a little more talent there. Those kids are getting on the road more early than they used to. And so schools are like, okay, we can, you know, if you have a private plane, you could fly in on Long Island, pretty close to Brooklyn and get, and get to schools. Um, and, and so there's more of an effort by kids being made to get out to schools. So there's more effort by coaches to come see those kids. New England is different because, and it's funny because there's going to be a story coming out on, on just how New England recruiting has changed that I'm working on for next, for, you know, this coming up week, but there's more talent there now. The boarding schools are now using football as a vehicle to improve their profile overall. Um, most of the talent in New England, especially the Connecticut schools, are at the boarding schools, whether it's St. Thomas More, Loomis Chaffee, Avon Old Farms, the Taft School, Cheshire Academy. Now, there's some talent. It's not a boarding school. It's a day school right over the border of New York, literally less than a half mile. The Brunswick School, which just sent an offensive lineman to Ohio State in the last class. Cornelius Johnson, receivers at Michigan, is from that school. So there's there's a lot more attention going on to it. And then also you have different organizations in New England, like Supreme Athlete, which is starting to train these kids a little sooner, you know, when they're a little younger. And so the mentality is turning into, okay, we have to train for football year round. doesn't mean you have to play it and, you know, you can play other sports, but you have to train for it. And so there's a lot of that. There's, there's more seven on seven every, you know, last year and they're doing it again this year. It's a two day thing where all the prep, not all, but the notable prep schools from Connecticut and Massachusetts have set up workouts every two hours so a 
coach can go from school one to two to three to four and go to seven schools and watch kids work out in a day. And so over two days, you get more exposure. And I think New England is being more proactive in getting their message out and saying, hey, we do have these kids here. I think the kids are doing a better job with training. The coaches are doing a better job. And then you have, you know, let's be honest, you you have some of these schools that are just recruiting kids. I mean, you know, Jeff Moore, who built St. Thomas Moore into a really good program, who built Loomis Chaffee into probably the best prep school in New England, went to UMass for a year, and now he's at Tabor Academy, and he's going to start bringing in kids from, I think he just brought in a kid from, gee, I want to say Austria, a, a offensive lineman who's, you know, six seven, who's a 15-year-old. And so I think there's just more focus on football in the prep schools in New England than there has been. And, you know, there's, there's more options for kids. I mean, shoot, St. Thomas More has a defensive lineman there, a 25 defensive lineman from West Virginia. And so, you know, they're, they're kind of expanding their footprint and kids that they're bringing in. And by that kids go out and see more schools. That was a really long answer, Chris, but I hope I, I helped out. <laughs> no, that was good. Cause yeah, I, I it, West Virginia has been poking around over there. And I, for our listeners who don't know or don't remember or weren't around at the time, I think, um, you know, I was living in Boston in the early 2010s and we didn't have a bc site for 24 7 sports so they had me started up recruiting only not covering like team stuff because obviously i was still doing west virginia but um i did find it interesting like all these kids like and like you said like especially you know eight to ten years ago it wasn't as i mean loaded is too strong of a word but there weren't as many recruits high level recruits in the area but you would just see these kids and I'd be like, that kid's a legitimate, you know, FBS power five kid. And you'd talk to him. And the only schools he'd talk about that were recruiting him were like Boston college and UConn. And I'm yeah. like, there's nobody, is nobody else coming up here? You know, occasionally like at, at some of the, the um, Catholic schools or something like Notre Dame would be in on them and the kids would be very interested. But for the most part, there wasn't a lot of schools up there recruiting. But like you said, the, the high school coaches and the prep school coaches have turned that around, which has helped bring more focus from colleges, including um, WVU. Yeah. And, and just so people don't go crazy, look at the, the kid, the defensive lineman in 25 is Adam Shovlin, who's a West Virginia kid who's now playing up there. Um, and so, you know, it, it, like I said, they're bringing in players from all over the place. You know, Cheshire Academy has two kids um from North Carolina, they're, they're in the top 247 in the 24 class, Jared and Jacob Smith. They're from North Carolina. They're playing at Cheshire Academy. So I think there's a lot of different factors that go in. And I think people are figuring out, hey, man, maybe we should recruit this place. Well, now let's move back to West Virginia, which has been, you know, a place that has turned out a handful, like, you know, between three and three or four kids per year for, for, FBS caliber football, sometimes a couple more that maybe slip in late, but a um, couple big names this year. Um, let's start with Huntington offensive lineman, Robbie Martin. Can you tell us, you know, the the latest you've heard on him and, and is he, I mean, he has, he has a lofty ranking top 25 interior lineman from 24 seven right. sports. 
Um, apparently you like him. What is it you like about him too? Um, I, a, I, I, I think they do a good job at that program with coaching and developing kids and getting them ready to play in college. I, I think they do, especially with offensive linemen. I think, I think they do a good job with that. B, he's athletic and he's not afraid of competition. I mean, he went, you know, he went and wrestled, right? And so he, I think he was a state champ either this year or last year, kind of sometimes runs together, but he wrestles, which you have to be flexible. You have to be athletic. You have to be a competitor. You have to be self-motivated to have success as a wrestler. And I, I think he does a really good job with that. Um, so those are two things I like, first of all. And then, and then you look at the frame, you know, he's, he's probably six, three to six, four, you know, there he, he moves well, he bends well. And, you know, he's a kid that I, I'm really hoping to see live in the spring because I, I do think he's a kid from 24 seven sports perspective is, is, He's kind of to be a four star. I mean, he's right on the edge. So I, I want to see him in person and really get a feel for. Um, but yeah, I, I just think he does so many things. I think he plays um, with a bit of a nasty streak sometimes. He's got a strong initial punch. He does a lot of things that I, I really like um, watching him as a player. And um, it's nice. I, I'm always, and Chris, you and I talk, you know, on the side a lot about kids in West Virginia. I'm always excited to write about kids from West Virginia because I I feel like it's such an overlooked area. Oops, sorry, hit the wrong button there. But yeah, I agree with you. I think there's there's been talent that's comes through. And, and when I go to the camps at West Virginia, obviously there's a ton of talent from in-state high schools. And then at the seven-on-sevens, there's usually – Almost like I mean, there's a ton of high schools. You're not going to have everybody represented, but you're going to have dozens and dozens of high schools sending their kids up there for the seven on seven, and then the big men go into the indoor practice facility usually or the other practice field, and and they're doing things. So you get to see everybody. And yeah, you're. I, I feel like every year I'm looking at guys going, man, that guy, that guy might be good. And and um and Martin yeah. has been up there a couple times. Um, he's. Uh, he's not avoiding competition, but when you are top of the top of the top target list, like he is for West Virginia, the coaches would much rather you just hang out with them and go see the <laughs> yes. facilities and, and get out there and break a sweat. So, yeah, and I think one of the things that you know it, sometimes kids get a bad rap for if they don't participate in a camp or something. You know, it's not just that they're going to participate in the camp, right? So, so Robbie Martin's the top dog in West Virginia. He's going to go to a camp, right? And and what's going to happen? Some dude is going to try to make a name for himself against Robbie Martin. And you know, I, I, I've seen it with so many other kids at places where now these kids are getting cheap shots in you know the one-on-one sessions. Sometimes hands to the face, throwing them down. You know, just just stuff that has no place and it's hard you know these kids have to stay composed during all this too because you're competing as a 16 17 year old and trying to keep your composure through it too so i get exactly what you're saying on why west virginia would rather just have them sit on the side and hang out yeah i mean we i saw it just this past year and uh you know wvn wvu fans you know plug your ears since this kid ended up uh, in-state kid ended up at uh virginia tech but 
Laith Ganim uh, stepped in to take on a couple kids during one-on-ones, um, you know, helmet only. And first time he stepped up, a kid on the other on the other side of him, um, you know, a guy who's you know probably not going to be playing in college, but knew who Ganim was and immediately just kind of jabbed him right in the face, like hit him right in the face, grabbed his face mask. And I mean, I loved it because then Ganim just immediately put him right into the ground and right. might have just <laughs> buried him right there. But right, right. yeah, but but that's what it is. Yeah, they hear, oh, there's the big guy. There's the big guy. That's the guy right. we want to hit and all that stuff and try to show off. So yeah, yeah. there's it, no sense. Um, there's another one, not a big guy, but a well-known guy. Um, I want to get your quick thoughts on here before we wrap up. Um, but I guess we're going to have to clarify. Now, you cover a lot of area. And West Virginia is one of those areas. Jeray Hawkins was here in West Virginia, has since transferred yeah. to IMG Academy in Florida. Does that mean you wash your hands of him now? Do you do you speak to him anymore or do you have to yeah, yeah. pass I, him I off actually, to someone else? Well, I mean, I think, you know, Andrew Adams will do a great job down in Florida with them, with them at IMG Academy. But, you know, Florida's got a lot of kids. And so anytime I can help out, I always offer and Andrew's always like, yeah, whatever. That's great. And so I, I was texting with Jure on Friday morning, right? Cause I knew we were taping this. So I wanted to make sure I had the latest info that, you know, for, for this and for, and for your listeners. Um, and so, yeah, I, I stay in, con- and I've stayed in contact with them throughout, not just on Friday morning, but you know, throughout because you know, I started dealing with this kid when nobody knew who he was and he had no stars anywhere. And so you, you build those relationships and, and you keep them. Um, and so he's always been very good with me. And so he said, you know, listen, he's going to be at Florida on Saturday. So two days ago, he was set to be at Florida. He's going to visit Penn State on April 15th, uh, Miami in the summer for unofficial visit. He said he is concentrating on unofficials right now. Um, not really focused on setting officials. I, I think that'll change. I, I could see him doing officials in June, but he has a top six of Florida, West Virginia, Louisville, Penn State, Wisconsin, Miami. Um, for me, I, I I honestly think it's more Florida, West Virginia, Penn State, Miami. Um, he's always spoke really highly of West Virginia, especially as, as, you know being a West Virginia kid. Um, but... I do think, and, and I see this a lot when a kid moves out of the area and, and he's, a, if I remember, he's a wheeling West Virginia kid, right? So when, when, when kids move out of the area and go down to IMG, it's now a lot easier for him to go visit Florida and Miami than it is West Virginia. And so it, it makes it much more difficult for West Virginia to get him. Now, there's two ways it goes. Sometimes you go down to IMG, you go to a boarding school, whatever. And you're like, man, I miss being home. I you want to go to college. I'm going to go closer to home or it's listen, man, I've already done the away from home thing. So if I go to college, I'm not getting homesick. So I'm going wherever I want. It's too early to tell where things are going with Hawkins on that. Cause he, you know, just got down there, I think in uh, early February. But yeah, I mean, I, I think West Virginia is right in the thick of it. And I think, I, I think looking at him, I really like the way he could fit in West Virginia's offense. I think he could fit in some other offenses really well too. 
but he's he is pure speed, not the biggest, but he doesn't need to be. I mean, he is a kid that can make nothing, make something out of nothing very quickly because not only is he fast, he's got that stop start ability and the elusiveness. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think West Virginia will be in it till the end. Um, if if I'm West Virginia, I'm hoping that end is more November, December after a season than it is early on. I, I'm really hoping he picks West Virginia, not because I'm I'm rooting for West Virginia, but because I'm certain that my message board will hand it complete, handle it completely rationally that a West Virginia kid <laughs> ended up going to Miami or Penn State. Just totally <laughs> calm and rational about all of it. So, listen. One thing I always think of when I think of message boards and when something doesn't go a team's way, rational always pops into my mind. That's the first thing I always think of is, yes, it will be rational and you will not have to sit there and delete comments and threads for the next four hours. It's sort of like, you know, when you go to a football game as the favorite and you lose by three scores, everybody's always understanding of the ups and downs of the season. So, yeah, I I understand what you're saying. Yeah, well, you know, given everything that's going on with the football team on the field lately, um, you know, just add that to it and. (laughs) <laughs> it'll be very very calm level-headed and rational um, although i think that's the kind of conversation we're having on here and so i'm glad to have you uh to to keep us on track here brian I really <laughs> yeah that's what i'm hoping for <laughs> just doing my part <laughs> well i think i'm gonna we're gonna wrap this up here in just a second running out of time zoom's gonna kick us off all that good stuff but uh, I, I know we're gonna have to catch up with you again soon because I, you and I talked about this before we got on here. I think we we did a similar podcast, I don't know, what, a few months ago, and the fans loved it. It was one of our most listened to podcasts, and people followed up with the videos that came out, uh, split off of sections with the different players, and we'll be doing the same thing. So uh, I appreciate you coming on and hope to have you again soon. And hopefully, you know, maybe it's with one of these guys committing or some other big news for West Virginia, and, and we can talk all about it. Chris, man, I always enjoy being on with you, and I always enjoy our discussions uh, off the air, too. <laughs> well, thanks, Brian. And and for all of you listeners out there, be sure to check back later this week. Uh, we'll see if Mike and I are back on speaking terms by Thursday's podcast. If not, uh, then Mike can find his own guest and do his own podcast <laughs> at that time. Uh, but until then, I'm Chris Anderson. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.